Welcome to the Funny Style Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Robinson. Today, first of all, actually, I want to make this announcement. If you can hear any difference in the audio quality, I'll be super pissed if you can't because I spent like a bunch of money on some <laughs> shit. <laughs> but hopefully you can hear the difference in the audio quality. So I've up- upgraded some of the sound equipment and bear with us as I learn how to be better at using this equipment and getting the sound to a professional podcast level. Um, but today, again, I'm your host, Chris Robinson. Today we have Brian Milligan. Yeah. Rudy Mwamba. And Rafiq Shaheen. So, Rafiq, real quick, because you've never been on the podcast before, how long have you been doing stand up? Uh, I started doing stand up around 2012. Uh, I, you know, it, this is kind of what Brian and I were talking about uh, the other day of just like, yeah, there's always that point in which you go, like, this is when I started stand up. Mm-hmm. And then you have to give yourself like, five years for like this is when i actually got serious about stand-up yeah <laughs> so like i started in 2012 but probably like 2015 is mm-hmm. when i actually was like oh i could make money mm-hmm. off of this and then i w- i don't i don't give people that great spirit he talks about <laughs> no. well because nope. i got serious day one so i'm like <laughs> Me too. i don't give anybody that great spirit uh, that's understandable for yeah. some people though but um so so 2015 you said is when like you really kind of buckle down and so, like, 2015 is, like, like I'd done shows and stuff like that before, mm-hmm. but, like, 2015 was, like, the first year that, like, I made enough money on it that mm-hmm. I was, like, oh, this could be considered, like, a side gig as okay, opposed yeah, yeah. to, like, mm-hmm. this is a thing that I just do to spend money on yeah. a weekly <laughs> basis. Yeah. Well, that's where I'm at. Yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't that you weren't serious. You just weren't really, I mean, you weren't really, like, you know what I mean? I mean well, money. yeah. I, well, I mean, like when you're talking about um, being serious about like the art and the craft, yeah. you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, there's there's definitely a distinction between like glorified open micer yeah. and like person who views this as a job. Yeah, sure. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like there, like there's a difference in perception of like I go out every week and I do my type five quote unquote. And like, oh, I need to do a tight five because I'm doing 15 minutes Mm. in three weeks. And like, I need an extra five to replace the five I was using last month. Mm -hmm. So where, what would, what would you, so just to kind of get an idea of what your uh, definition of that would be, what would you consider that split point where somebody goes from, being a glorified open micer to somebody who's like really working. I I think hmm, I think the real split point probably could be measured like legit on financials. Yeah, like how much like, money's coming in. Right. Yeah, it's like if you if you're making enough money that like all you're getting is like gas money. Mhm. You know, like after like five gigs, you're a glorified open mic. If you're <laughs> if you're making enough money, where it's like I made gas money on this gig alone, then yeah. you're starting to approach like, oh, I could make something out of this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's what I think. That's fair. That's fair. I think that's a good description. Yeah. Because I'm at I'm at a point where I can now. I'm scared to do it. Like I won't do it. Because <laughs> I, I don't want to – I try to live my life financially to where comedy isn't a factor. Like in terms of all my bills are paid without comedy, yeah. right? However, <clears throat> I could go buy a car and pay the payment every month from what I make doing comedy. comedy. Okay. Um, 
but it's just a scary it's a scary thing to set yourself up to need so i'm at a weird place where like how much money would i need to make doing comedy to where i start to trust my comedy career to rely on it i mean i think you're there but also like we live in a state where like most likely if anything happens that's like like pandemic level stuff like mm-hmm. it, it probably ain't gonna affect us too much yeah that's also true <laughs> you know yeah. what i mean <laughs> so like i think that you i mean i think that you could probably definitely do that you know what i mean like yeah. i think you probably make extra payments on the car yeah. you know and have that thing paid off <laughs> but quicker. it's such a it, but the, what makes it such a weird feeling is it's not like a regular job where you can consistently know you have money coming in it's the kind of thing where you know there are months where i'm like okay I make anywhere from 400 to a thousand a month doing comedy, but it 400 to a thousand is a big window. Yeah. And there's right. certain months where I'm sitting there like I've made 200 bucks. Like, well, this sucks. Yeah. Yeah. And then all of a sudden my phone will ring and that'll be a $300 gig. And then the phone will ring again and that'll be a $200 gig. And I'm like, oh, all right, I'm, I'm consistently, but those days mm-hmm. where I've made nothing this month and the phone hasn't rang yet. Yeah. Those are stressful. I mean, and now I haven't, I haven't put myself to where I rely on comedy anyway. Yeah. But it's still, I'm still accustomed to that money coming in. It's kind of insane. It's kind of insanity really to live like that. Yeah. Where, I mean, cause w- what happens as you go up the levels is you're going to have, it's going to be that, but more in the future where the swing might be from like a thousand to five thousand. Exactly, it's still going to be the same thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, so just you know, thinking about it long term, I think that's kind yeah. of the fate that waits all of us, and it's kind of and it's weird. To, and Brian can attest to this. It's weird doing that with a wife mm-hmm. <laughs> because, right. like, in in my from my small experience, like, I find that like my wife likes to be able to plan a consistent thing mm-hmm. you know and that's why i don't include comedy money in my finances because i can't guarantee any of that yeah. so if she starts going oh well why don't we do this this that and that and then this month i don't get any shows you know i don't want to base any expectation off the money i make doing comedy however long term i want to do this as my full-time job yeah. so it's like a weird well, I mean, that's the problem with the arts as a whole in yeah. general. It's like you either have to be rich enough before you start the arts, mm-hmm. you know, that it's like, oh, I don't give a shit. Uh, can we swear? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Like, I don't have to give a shit about, we like, <laughs> well, I mean, there are the seven <laughs> words and we all know them. So can we at least agree? Uh, <laughs> no. Um, but, like, there's the whole thing of, like, you either have to be rich enough before you start the arts in order for it to be, like, oh, I have a complete cushion in case this fails. Or you end up, like, most comics where it's, you know, like, I'm a comedian. And then someone goes, what's your job? And it's, like, teacher. I work at <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like, uh, you know, or something like yeah. that. Yeah. No, I, I – it's, it's such a weird thing, though, because – as of right now, I can do everything sans comedy, right? But as I do more, make more and more money doing comedy, I would like the luxury of comedy affecting my lifestyle. But but then once I do that, now I'm at the. But what's cool about it too, though, is it keeps you motivated to stay on the phone. Yeah. Because before I was making money doing comedy, 
I really didn't. I I wasn't consistently enough on the phone reaching out to clubs on a regular basis to stay busy. Now that I can feel it in my pocket when I'm not on the phone, Mm -hmm. I'm on the phone way more consistently. I feel like you you need that. You need that kind of um, drive, uh, that urgency. Yeah, because. Uh, Jim Norton said this in an interview I, I read, uh, I watched a long time ago, but he was talking about how um, it's important. The that desperation is important. Kind of <laughs> when when he when he I guess he after a couple of years when he kind of started taking it seriously, he moved to New York, mm-hmm. and that was just what it was. Like he had a little day job somewhere or whatever, but he was trying to really kind of just go for it. He was living mm-hmm. off of nothing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean that that's kind of what pushed him a little bit to just kind of go out, get gigs, and, and he, in his head he was like, I'm going to live off of this mm-hmm. fairly soon. Well, there's something sexy about being a starving artist also. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, But not when you're married. But not when you're married. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Not you when you have yeah. <laughs> responsibility. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, I'm at a point now where I'm probably making about a hundred bucks a month doing yeah. comedy. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And it's still like, that doesn't cover my gas or any expenses. And that's like me doing it as as cheap as possible i you know not eating out when i'm on the road or doing anything you know like outside of like maybe one beer during a show or something like that that's like my one luxury yeah but uh but yeah i I still well that's why clubs get away with like shit pay so much is because they go like oh i know you need money to live but what if i supplement that by giving you a free drink yeah Yeah. (laughs) like is that which which by the way to me also separates like the and maybe this is fair because a lot of the headliners will do it but i can also tell like who's not that serious by like who spends money when they go to shows yeah because I am the, I don't care how it makes me look i don't spend a dollar like i'll have a bottle of water in my car and I'll pull up I, again. I drive. I mean, some, something as simple as even like my little Chevy Sonic hatchback out there. I'll drive. I could drive my, you know, my wife's car because she doesn't go out at night usually. But her car's more luxurious. But mine gets better gas mileage, and I could put regular gas in it. Yeah. So, so you're like me, like the Prius that I have. Yeah. I bought that specifically for comedy. Yeah. Because it's better <laughs> gas mileage, easier maintenance, and the seats fold down the back. So yeah. if some gig goes like, oh, we can pay you enough money to be here, but not for like a hotel room. It's yeah. like, I'll sleep in my fucking car. I don't yeah. shit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm making money off of this gig somehow. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, like I will, I have a, like a, one of those big, like a, uh, like thermos things that I'll put ice in, yeah. fill up with water and I will drive. I will. And then another, another key thing that I'll do and here's here's a little bit of comedy advice we're supposed to be doing um, before the show because a lot of people think about snack and this is like being a married adult like teaches you some life shit mm-hmm. before the show stop at like a grocery store and buy your snacks from a grocery store mm-hmm. so that when you're done with the show a you don't have to eat anything at the venue because now you're paying restaurant prices for some like a burger for no reason yeah. then you get in your car. Because a lot of times what I was doing is I would I wouldn't even think about something to eat until after the show, and now I'm getting something shitty from a gas station, and you're paying a lot more money for it because gas stations charge you out the ass for snacks. But I stop at Publix on the way to the gig, get like a real Publix sandwich and some chips again at grocery store prices, <clears throat> do the show, 
eat my sandwich on the way home, and now I got my regular my regular gas at thirty six miles to the gallon <laughs> in my little little hatchback. I got a sandwich from Publix that cost me five bucks versus paying seventeen dollars or whatever to eat at the place, yeah. and I brought my own water. So now, even if that gig pays seventy five dollars, I'm making forty bucks. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I mean, it it that's where, and it, it doesn't sound like much, but that adds up if you're doing multiple gigs a week. And you're just wasting money. There's so many comics that yeah, I see come out, get multiple drinks and a meal, and I'm like, oh, okay, you're just a, doing this for fun. Yeah. You're not really. So interesting, I guess, segue on that mm-hmm. is uh, I've some of the road comics I've talked to have made the argument of like spending that money in the club is what helps get them uh, like rebooked. Because it's the relate like the relationship you have with the staff mm-hmm. is often more important than just the relationship you have with the booker. Obviously, that's important. Yeah. But it's the thing of like, if the booker's walking through the venue, going, "Do we pick Rafiq or do we pick Joe Schmo?" Mm-hmm. and like the regular bartenders there forever. Goes, mm-hmm. Oh, I love mm-hmm. Rafiq. He's so great. We should definitely have him here. Mm-hmm. Like that gives you bonus points towards it. I, I'm kind of more on the boat with you mm-hmm. where I go like, I don't want to like you guys paid me 80 bucks to be here. I'm scraping every cent yeah. off of this that I can. But I don't know if I disagree with that entirely either. I Here's the thing. I think I would say that I disagree with that. And I'll tell you why. I think or at, at least in our specific central florida situation Mm -hmm. right because i think the only clubs where that sort of thing matters would be the a clubs right and getting into the a clubs is really based on a bunch of like gatekeeper shit and isn't it's to say it's not fair sounds like i'm a hater Mm. but it's really not fair right so it's not it's not like you have the situation where you know, oh, I'm trying to get in and I'm trying to get a regular, you know, feature spot. And there's really that um, that uh, that completely open conversation where those kind of things come into effect. If you sit back and see what happens, it's really more of who's friends with who and who's, yeah. you know, closer to that, you know, sort of core teams at any specific club. Yeah. Um, to be if fair, you, though, were, you could say that about any job. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, definitely. But I think, but I think, if you were in a place more like New York, then that kind of stuff really comes into play. Because I think in those kind of environments, there's a huge, wide range of comics. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And the clubs aren't necessarily that invested in just working the same comics over and over and over again. You know what I mean? Um, again, I could be wrong, but I mean that's been my. Um, yeah, I think I tend to. Kind of agree that uh, over. I mean, yeah, they, they, everything plays a factor, but I feel like overall, nothing Trump's funny, right? Yeah, You're just <laughs> I just don't. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, social media presence does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That, that, that definitely does. <laughs> we're, yeah. we're, we were talking about that uh, before I came tonight uh, mm-hmm. on like one of the f- Facebook groups that I'm in, mm-hmm. where it's like, are you a are you a stand up comedian or are you a clip comic? Oh, I saw that. <laughs> I actually saw that on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm in the same yeah, group. And it's yeah. like. I'm algorithmically unviable. So, like, I'm definitely stand-up, you know what I mean? <laughs> but, like, uh, I, I can see people being like, oh, he's super funny. And it's like, 
you saw 90 seconds out of like a 20 minute set that night yeah and like he fucking bombed so (laughs) well here's my here's my thing i think there's a weird there's a weird energy that comics that started comedy prior to instagram have like this weird aversion to it and i because i because i used i used to be that but my thing is i think we're the assholes for being funny and allowing someone who's not funny to come in and use technology and outperform us oh yeah because if you're funny you should then be able to use the technology and blow them out of the water right you know what i mean because there's so you'll meet so many but i i think no i i think that I think it's important to do both, mm-hmm. but I think that the people that are clip comics that are funny, you get one show with them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you mm-hmm. get you get one opportunity. You go see them. They bomb in front of you. You don't buy tickets the next time. It's up there with mom spaghetti. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it, but for real, like there's a shelf life. Yeah. If you're not funny, but you're clip funny, mm-hmm. and then you start selling tickets, there's a shelf life to that. Where if you if you go out and you you are funny. Mm-hmm. And you you also put clips out that are funny, and, and that drives people to buy tickets. But then you then when they show up, you're actually a good comic. The next time you're in town, they're going to come see you. Well, let I, me ask you this: what, what are there people who are clip funny? You mean like what? Oh, for stand sure. up clips oh, are for funny, sure. but they're not funny. No, what? no, no. Meaning like, or, or like meaning what they'll do is they'll record a ten minute, fifteen minute set. And Rafiq, tell me if I'm wrong. They record a 10, 15 minute set, right? And they'll clip out 15 seconds of it where they got a pop, right? And then that, they'll do that. Because think about it. If you're going out, you know, multiple nights a week, right? You're getting multiple of those 15-second clips that pop in a week. And you're posting those all the time. Somebody might scroll through your, be scrolling down through reels and see 10 clips of you getting big laughs. Not knowing that that was one big laugh out of... 15 minutes of bombing yeah <laughs> right and they're gonna get an inflated ideology of like how funny you are yeah, yeah right um so for me which is why like when i post stuff i'm always i i'm trying to do mostly crowd work mm-hmm. so that a i'm not burning material and if you come to see me if you come to see me because you think that the clips are funny you're gonna be like holy shit i didn't realize this guy has like really good material yeah. You know what I mean? That's so I have mean. something to surprise you with versus. I kind of I feel like the comic. So you can tell based on someone's clip. Like, if okay, because if they're getting a big pop, why is that? You know, is it because maybe they just said something inadvertently? Maybe, mm-hmm. Like like someone who has a great joke or even a great crowd work moment. Mm-hmm. I feel like you could get a sense like this guy is worth watching this guy's funny you're giving the audience way too much credit (laughs) no listen listen there's a lot of comics out there doing i just i just had this conversation with somebody i can't remember who it was there's a lot of oh i know who it was i'm not gonna say his name because i don't want to i don't want (laughs) to inadvertently call him out for calling out other people but we had this whole conversation about comics that are getting on stage just basically repeating memes yeah yeah and there's comics out there getting work like consistently on the road that are respected comics and then you go and see them and they're just regurgitating shit that we've all seen on the internet yeah it's like they're legit reddit comics out there yeah where it's like cool man i too have subscribed to that subreddit and yeah. like joke number three out of your 20 minutes was like comment number five which was me like i'm yeah. 
I'm big. I'm user big nut twenty four whatever. Like, <laughs> which is funny. Cause I knew I knew you were big nut. <laughs> <laughs> which is funny that you say that because uh, me and Brian were talking about how like a lot of times I'll again now that I've been doing comedy I man, I don't even know if this is even stupid. I'll post a lot of things that I'm thinking about, mm-hmm. and they're actually premises, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I don't know if I should keep doing that because I should really be working on that stuff is actually making jokes out of it. But I just think that you should do it as videos instead of just individual like text. thoughts. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Because mm-hmm. that's what you're doing. You're posting thoughts where if you did it as a reel, then mm-hmm. you're that's just another clip for you. Because yeah. like all of your comedy shit doesn't have to be – Com- like Actual stand stand-up. up stand yeah, up yeah. comedy. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at like Kevin Dean's doing the dating in Central Florida and killing the yeah, world. And ki- and ki- <laughs> that's what I mean, killing. He's like up twenty thousand uh, followers in the last month or something. Yeah. Like that's something crazy. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. So like, not everything you has to you have to put out has to be stand up comedy content. Mm-hmm. You can put you can put out shit like that where yeah. you're like Bill Burr in it, just talking to the camera for a few minutes yeah. about something that infuriates you. Like I have, <laughs> this thing, I have this thing now that it's, we have more black people than white people for, for, for the first time. Like, no, not true. It's sometimes, but I have, the, have you heard about, um, uh, yeah. have you heard about I like how he gets half black and I am actually half black. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. I tell you what, <laughs> Qu- quarter black. <laughs> <laughs> have you heard this thing about, um, Colin Kaepernick that I was furious about. Was he doing no. stand up? <laughs> no. Yeah, right. <laughs> on his knees. He, uh, <laughs> on his knees. That's knees, right. up. knees up comedy. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm not gonna lie, that's actually a great name for a show. <laughs> 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 but no, Colin Kaepernick, his he so he was adopted by like these like rich white people, right? Like as like I think as like a baby, like like he yeah got them early. Is it Angelina Jolie? <laughs> yeah, he's, he, really, he really is. He's a he's a he's a, he's a he was, he's what Rudy was supposed to be yeah. and like <laughs> fucked it up. Yeah, <laughs> but he is now talking about how some problematic moments that he had growing up with his white family, and he was like, of course I love my parents, it's been wonderful, but there's certain things that are problematic. Like at one point when I was growing up. I got cornrows for the first time, and my white mom was like, you shouldn't do your hair like that. Like, it doesn't look professional. Like, you look like a little thug with your hair like that. And he's like, you know, that's problematic or whatever, whatever, right? And I was like, if I were white, if I was a rich white person, and I went out of my way to adopt a little black baby, spent the money to raise him, get him the best football coaches in the world, where he's now an elite level quarterback in the NFL and you know he's no longer there but you know that's that's where his talent level was right and he then calls me out 20 years later about some cornrows about some cornrow shit that I said to him when he was 14 I would join the fucking clan <laughs> because you ungrateful niggers ruined <laughs> My li- the that was not of- me that said yeah, that. that was- <laughs> Ruined all of this work that I put in. You ungrateful piece of shit. Yeah. That's insane to me. Yeah. I mean, it's... Especially because that's what a black parent would say. Yeah. 
Right, yeah. Well, he's just lucky he didn't get adopted into slavery. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> what I mean, like, if, if we're gonna be, like, if we're gonna get real social political with it, it's like you got a bunch of rich white people who found a black baby who are like who bought a black baby, right? Who bought a black baby, and then decided. He should do some physical activity. Maybe make us some money off of football. Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> like that's that's some like third generation plantation oh, shit. I, <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna lie. You know, that doesn't sound half bad. <laughs> you know, that just sounds like a long term investment. <laughs> it's just the plot of the blind side. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. R- Rudy, you want to go back to high school, bro? <laughs> you got a linebacker bill, bro. <laughs> What did, I, what did I tell Rudy the other night? All three. You know he's, what? He's built like the shipping container you arrived <laughs> yeah, in. Yeah, that was the the, the, the three of y'all. I'll, you know what? I'll adopt all of y'all. Y'all can be the starting line linemen for fucking Heritage High School. <laughs> I, man, that feels like a weird 23 jump street. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, we're, like we're faking high school so we can like get on the tubes. Like, yeah, man, I too love... Uh, you know, little people's school. Yeah, you know, like... Uh, what what is everyone into now? Is it fucking Bumble? Or you would like be horrible it? at this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but you know what? We'd also bust drug dealers in the process. You know, yeah. that way it's got a happy yeah. ending. <laughs> All right, so really quickly, did, well, I don't even know how to describe this. Maybe we shouldn't even talk about this issue because I don't want to like uh, I don't want to feed into problems where they're they're clearly. Poor decisions were made. Mm-hmm. Have you been watching Dorian Gale and Will Miller Ooh. going back and forth? <laughs> Ooh, yes. I, I, mean, yes. I, I feel like it started strong. <laughs> it did not start strong. Well, no, I mean, the first the first two videos, like the one Dorian put out and the one that Will put out, <laughs> I feel like we're funny, and now it's just getting like... I listen, every that, single one of Will's was amazing. Well, yeah, yeah, Will's, <laughs> Will's is funny, but Will, it's just getting like... Right. Him, I, I don't understand the genesis. I'm sorry, I understand the genesis of this. Were they at a show and then... No, Dorian... Listen, I love Dorian. I love Dorian so much. But Dorian has no ability to read a room, okay? (laughs) So Dorian has this thing where it's like, all right, so like, you know, Will's my boy, right? So I'm gonna start like a, a back and forth with him so that it becomes an interesting thing and maybe some people that follow me will follow him and some people that follow him will follow me and he doesn't realize that like Will Will doesn't play that type of shit he's not one of those kind of of guys like he's actually from Brooklyn Yeah, (laughs) and he's actually 40 like people don't realize this Will's like 40 years old like he's like a grown man with multiple kids and like (laughs) a house and doing all that type of shit so now the other thing is and Will said it himself he's kind of like 50 Cent to where he he He'll he just going. he's gonna keep going forever. Yeah, 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 so yeah. what Dorian doesn't realize is he's now made like a a shit talking yeah. enemy yeah. On, <laughs> in our <laughs> local comedy community himself. for life. Yeah, like Will yeah, is yeah. never gonna stop well, like, uh, shitting on Dorian. So now. it was Dorian's idea to kind of create a social media moment with Will's because uh, like yeah. from what Will was saying, like they were at a show and then he made fun of a shirt and then Dorian I guess was like, all right. I'm going to put something on social media. Then he came out with his video. Oh, may- maybe and that's then, how it started. Okay, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. But we'll talk shit about everybody. Like, yeah, we'll, yeah, like, yeah. when I I went to his show, and to be fair, the shirt I was wearing was big. Yeah. So I walk, I walk up to Will, and the first words out of his mouth, before he says hello, yeah. he was like, I got to wear that shirt. And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, that shirt's big on you, and you're fat as shit. So I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's the biggest shirt I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah, he's probably the, the most intimidating person I've ever been around. I've... I think I've only talked to him once, just said hey or whatever. Yeah. 
and he just kind of nodded his head. Uh, so yeah, I'm very intimidated. I wouldn't. I mean, he's saying all that about Dorian. Yeah. He doesn't want to see one of my fits because it's gonna be. <laughs> to be fair, like a head nod from a black guy. That's like yeah, that's, that's like a hug from a white guy, yeah, right? So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which is weird because like I'm not I'm not very I'm I'm far from I guess street would be the terminology you would what? use. But <laughs> but I'm but I'm from New York and I lived in Brooklyn. So I I love Will. Like he's yeah. like like yeah, just hearing him talk shit to people feels like home. He's like hilarious. it's just yeah, like, yeah, that, all the, the it feels though, like yeah. being back in Brooklyn and like yeah, yeah it's. There's it's a, hilarious. There's a whole belief in... I, it's not just New York, but, like, a lot of major cities have that whole belief of, like, iron sharpens iron. Yeah, you know absolutely. What I mean? yeah. And so, like, there's a certain amount of, like, the shit talking that I can get behind yeah. in yeah. general. But, like, <laughs> as an adult, like, I'll, I'll wholeheartedly admit, like, I... There are a lot of times where people will, like, shit talk me and it's like, ah... I'm hurt on the inside. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. like, I, the inside. like, I'm kind of a pussy when it comes to this. Like, you know... Yeah. I feel like if you are a comic and you're in a, a, a the world of comedy, like all, all things are a go. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Like, no, I, hands you, down. It, yeah. Like you can't be sensitive yeah, yeah. and be in a room full of comics. Yeah. you know what I mean. And I mean th- that is for me being juvenile and just making you know what I mean like that. I, I feel like that's like the the most basic level of what comedy is. The, yeah. The, yeah. As simple as you can be, like, what the fuck is that shirt as well? Like, you know what I mean? That's the funniest shit. So you, th- you think, like, comedy that's... was invented by just two dudes talking shit to each other? And they started. did it so well that people <laughs> sure. just started watching? Yeah. Started... Oh, hands down, yeah. yeah. No, it, it so was... The thy mama is, uh, and then... Your mother is so yeah. large. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. all, all you have to do, though, is you have to take that hurt bury it deep on the inside <laughs> and then like you let it out on stage in a completely different yeah. <laughs> you either, you either that, shoot up something or you become a comic that's it's either thing. one of the two I, th- that's the thing though I, I bury it deep down and then just use it as fuel yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean like that I'll go home and write a f- you know six pages on an asshole <laughs> you know what I mean yeah, yeah but I see I think I think that that stuff is so important because I think what happens now is people aren't how do I say this? Like people aren't participating in the culture of being a stand-up comedian. A lot of times, like yeah. people feel like they're entitled to come out, take themselves very seriously. Um, nobody's allowed to fuck with them. They get really sensitive if you say the wrong thing to them. Well, you're talking. So this sounds like some boomer shit. The more I think this sentence through, but like <laughs> you're talking about a generation of people in which like we you know like i came up at the start of the internet mm-hmm. you know what i mean and like the internet has really i, I remember how my brothers interacted with people and my mm-hmm. sisters interacted with people <laughs> and no just oh, people in general people. Like, <laughs> but like and i know how like people my age interact with people and it's like there is a difference of like self-importance of like yeah. oh yeah. i what I like, everyone on a certain level is now a stand up comic of like, yeah, oh, uh, I deserve to talk to people. And, and that's why, like, you have 50,000 videos of white dudes sitting in a pickup truck ranting yeah. about a thing. Yeah. Well, you got, like, you got Gen Z brothers. Yeah. I, I mean, I got a Gen Z daughter. Like, what, what's, what's that like for you? Do you talk funny, shit to them? Funny. Oh, I talk shit relentlessly. <laughs> do like, do they get laugh. sensitive about it? Yes and no because they're used to it because they're used to me. Yeah, me too. Um, so like my um, so actually last night we we're at some Cuban restaurant. And my two my two brothers play soccer. They're like 
star soccer players. They're um, so actually my brother Lloyd, he's uh, he's in the MLS Next League. So both of them are in the MLS Next League. So it's MLS is like the big mm-hmm. league here in the United really States, soccer. and they're um, they're in the youth version. So that's the team where they kind of pull. That's the the league that the actual MLS pulls from. You know, so they're excellent. And my brother Lloyd last year made the top twenty list of the MLS Next League. So he had like literally top twenty soccer players in his age group in the country. Oh wow! Right. And all I did at dinner <laughs> was talk about areas where Max, my other little brother, is better than him at soccer. Right? <laughs> like, <laughs> and to where he was like fuming by the end of the night. He was like, that'll never fucking happen. Max is not going to get on a better team than me. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, at one point I was like, so what if Max gets recruited to play for like Arsenal yeah. and you get recruited by like Orlando City. How are you going to feel about it? like he was like he like, was you're gonna so be playing pissed. in Boise, Idaho. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was so pissed. Getting fucking relegated for Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he's so it's really cool though cuz I mean he's like so he's um he is he's in ninth grade now and he's already like he's now Currently, they're emailing back and forth about him getting an offer from Duke. Like, already. He's in ninth grade. It's amazing. The only reason why my other little brother isn't quite where he is is because he's younger. So, he's technically still in the middle school sort of bracket. So, he's going to be a monster as well. Um, But, no, yeah. But, funny enough, when my album came out, (laughs) they, they, I guess, shared it amongst some of their friends. Mm Mm-hmm. And the response I got from them was like, you know, they thought it was funny, but like, you know, my one friend, his sister is, you know, transgender. So, he, you know, he didn't like the transgender jokes and, you know, this and that. And it's just like, but what's weird, what I, what I think is so strange about sort of the the world that's coming up is I ta- that album is an hour long. Mm-hmm. I make fun of white people, black people, Hispanic people. I said transgender people, and now all of a sudden it's offensive. And it's like, dude, you're you have. I'm gonna assume this kid. Well, my my brother's his friend, so you have black friends, you have Hispanic friends. Why wasn't those parts offensive? Right. Well, Why I, is it I, just the part where I'm talking about the transgender community that's uh, all well, of a sudden it's offensive? It's always something that's personal yeah. to them. Yeah. You know, it's something like, oh, I was fine when you were making. You know, like nigga jokes yeah. for an hour and a half. But then you said rich white people need to get a clue, <laughs> and I am offended I, by that. I was offended like, by that as yeah. well. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Because that was so, so this kind of leads us into I wanted to have a conversation about the the recent Chris Rock special. Yeah. Have you guys mm-hmm. seen it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You guys have all seen it? Okay. I watched it last night. Yeah. Nice. All right. So, what did you think? I'm super curious. Uh, okay. So. I, I, I feel like I need to preface that uh, yeah. Chris Rock's uh, Bigger and Blacker and uh, what's the other one? Uh, Never Scared is one. No, no, no. There's it's early um, stuff. B- bigger and um, Blacker and... Uh, no, it's right off the tip of my tongue. Yeah, me too. Me too, bigger yeah. Blacker, oh, that's like Never Scared one. is one. Um, oh, Kill the Messenger? called? Kill the Messengers. That's still no. That's Dave Chappelle, still, isn't yeah, it? That's, yeah, that's yeah. Chappelle. What the f- no, I don't think so. Kill the Messenger. I think that was Chris Rock, but... 
But that was later in Rock, though. Yeah, sure. Rudy's looking it up, but I yeah. I should know that off the top of my head, though. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Me too, because I watched both of them. Like <laughs> People listening seven. to this are going to be like screaming. What do these guys really know? We're going to take 10 minutes of an audio <laughs> podcast <laughs> of silence. Yeah. <laughs> so we can research. Oh, well, I want to get it right because uh, he's right. Kill the Messenger is Chris Rock. All right, It is Chris Rock? Yeah. Oh, wow. No, I know Never Kill Scared the Me- is the I big think, one. I think Kill the Messenger was the one he did like several different stages. Bring the Pain. Bring, bring the, the Pain. pain. Bring the Pain. The yeah, 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 there we go. There we go. 96. Yeah, Bring the Pain was 96. Okay. 98. One of them was right. right after Columbine. That sounds right. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I am scared of young white kids. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so those two specials, when I was young, were the first two comedy specials I ever watched. Mm-hmm. I mean, I watched stand up on like Comedy Central and stuff. But so Chris Rock was my in for stand up comedy, really, like for like mm-hmm. long form specials like mm-hmm. HBO back in the day. Yeah. And so I have like a special spot in my heart for mm-hmm. Chris Rock, always, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and also, I'm nobody. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I am nobody, especially, like, he's a much better comic than all of us. Do you know what the but title of the last episode of this podcast was where what? you weren't here? What? It is Chris Rock is funnier than you will ever that's, be. That's it's the I mean. title of the it's last true. episode. So, so my opinion is irrelevant. <laughs> but at the same time, if I'm being honest, yeah. I didn't really love it. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think that there was some topics in there that were that were good some jokes that were good the i mean the shit at the end about will smith obviously like him wanting to watch that movie so you know so he could watch that will smith get his ass hilarious. beat that shit was funny That'd as fuck rooting for massa. Y- yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah rooting for massa exactly <laughs> you missed the spot yeah that killed me. <laughs> the, exactly that's what i mean like the last i think it's like eight minutes of the yeah, whole, yeah. The whole mm-hmm. show about that killed yeah. you know what i mean yeah. what i think is funny is like when you watch when you watch somebody like that, like now, now seeing so much stand up and mm-hmm. like seeing what works and what doesn't in audiences, I think that if if Chris Rock didn't put out that special and gave all of that material to a comic who just wasn't Chris Rock but mm-hmm. still knew what he was doing on stage, like had a good stage presence and everything, yeah. I don't think it would have done nearly as well, you know. But because Chris Rock puts the flair on for mm-hmm. sure, you know, mm-hmm. he he. He's got that that personality, mm-hmm. but I think that like the material is specific, like to him. And I don't mean because it's like experiences that he had. Mm-hmm. I just think that if anybody else was to go out with most of that same material, it wouldn't it wouldn't work as as strong as it is for him yeah. because he's Chris Rock. Yeah. He mm-hmm. gets the the okay, you know, we're go- we're gonna laugh at this joke because we're at a Chris Rock special and mm-hmm. and all that. But I don't know. I mean, I mean, you also have to remember though, like he does like a solid six or maybe longer on his daughter getting kicked out of school. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like mm-hmm. if you if you bring that material to you know Brian Regan, it you know it's like a completely different vibe anyway. Yeah, but I know? even mean like a like an unknown stand up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like a guy who 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 is good. Like. like I'm saying you because yeah. you're more well known than all of us, yeah. but you're a really good comic. So yeah. I think if you were to take that same same exact stand up material, mm-hmm. word for word, and mm-hmm. go to beaches in Daytona and do that shit, yeah. I don't think that I think your material would hit harder than that. Yeah, you know what but, I'm saying. All right, I'm, I, I want to get everyone's opinion, yeah. and then I'm going to viciously defend Chris Rock, like okay, brutally. Yeah. yeah. So I okay, I I get what you're saying. I I would I give it seven out of ten, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because yeah, like it was, I feel like there's the the greats, Chappelle, Rock, some of these other guys, 
I give him a little bit of grace in terms of I'm not gonna be laughing every second. That that's the kind of love for sure. Thank you, Rudy. Yeah, yeah. laugh per minute. I, and I don't mean that. <laughs> no, I know, yeah. I know, I know. But like, well, I, yeah. I'm not responding to you. I'm yeah. responding to a world of commentary that I've seen. Yeah, absolutely. From from shitty open micers. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. like also unintelligent people that uh-huh. are just general, you know, yeah. people. You have to remember, though, that a lot of those, like, unintelligent people in general are, like, especially if you look at the responses on Twitter and stuff like that, yeah. they're not actually hating on the special. Yeah. A lot of them are still hating on the, the fucking talking funny. Yo, like, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's like, okay, cool, you have a bunch of baggage and resentment yeah. that you brought along when yeah. you decided to no, that's, make your that, Most of the people who point. don't yeah. like Chris Rock in general... Yeah. That's what it's rooted in. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I, I, that is the dumbest thing. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, so honestly, as a black person, and, and Brian, shut up, don't get yourself in trouble. As a black person, one of the ways that I judge other black people is the black people who like Chris Rock and the black people who don't. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, you don't like Chris Rock. Okay, you're stupid. Yeah. Okay, I get it. I get your whole, and you might be an intelligent person, like education wise, yeah. but what you find is, there's certain people that are that are ruled by their emotional response to yeah. something. Yeah. Right? And if you watch that talking funny clip thing, if you can't comprehend that these are comedians yeah. having a conversation about comedy and things get said. Like the reason why this is called the Funny Style Podcast, so I don't know if you know this, Brian, but funny style is an actual term. Yeah. It's about someone who, like, exactly, someone who is faking their behavior. They act one way with one group of people Mm -hmm. and another way in another group of people, Mm -hmm. right? And this is called the funny style podcast because some shit is going to get said here because I'm amongst comedians that I don't really talk like in my standard Mm -hmm. life. And I might say things that are like, why why is Chris saying this type of shit? But I'm amongst comedians and this is how we talk. In this, I I am going to seem like a funny style person when you listen to this thing because yeah. I don't talk like this in my regular life, hmm. right? So for people to not be able to take that in, understand it, and let it go, right? And then coupled with your favorite rapper has said some of the worst shit on the planet. In fact, we defend this is this is also going to build into my personal defense of Kanye West, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dead that serious. for so much of this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I want to hear it. <laughs> no, just in that just in that like and I'm I'm talking about I'm not talking about the Jewish community oh, being oh. upset about Kanye West. I was going to say are you just going to be like, about. you know, he has some good ideas. <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm I'm talking about like like the black community, right? To where, like, we have rappers that we love that have shot black people, yeah. that have stabbed black people, yeah. that have sold drugs to black people, that pregnant have... Pregnant women. I know a rapper y- that... Yeah, exactly. That. Like, m- Mystical is just now going to jail for rape, like, multiple times over. He's been telling right? us about yeah. it. Yeah. R. Kelly has been peeing on little black girls for how God knows how long. And y'all were like, Kanye West yeah. said some shit we don't like. We're done with him. It's like y'all are so irrational in the way that you respond to things. Right? Brian keeps shutting up so you don't get yourself canceled. 
But it's like this same thing happened with Chris Rock. There's a lot of black people that just don't like Chris Rock because of what Rafik is talking about, that old clip. And then they'll take things out of context. Like one of the, I, I, as much as I hate Charlemagne, he had a really great point, which is like most of Chris Rock's career, he was getting in trouble for calling white people crackers on stage. So how is it now that like, oh, he disrespects black people by blah, 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 blah. You can't win with people now. Mm-hmm. It's like there's just no winning. Yeah. I don't. I, one thing I think gets overlooked in that, because I absolutely agree with that. Mm-hmm. I also think that something that needs to be said is you can't win with people, but it's a lot harder to lose with people nowadays. And what that's. So, like, take the Louis C.K. thing, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone forever since it happened was like, Louis C.K. got canceled. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Yada, yada, yada. And it's like, yeah, he suffered a blow from this. Louis C.K. is still doing the circuits. Oh, yeah. Like, Louis C.K. And making is, millions. Right? So, like, he just switched his audience. Mm-hmm. You know, he's still lost in the sense of like yeah he doesn't have the show on TV anymore mm-hmm. but you know like it's the same thing with Kanye Kanye said some de- like deplorable things <laughs> and people are still going like okay yo so but when's those- the next album yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> but so that's true so this is this will oh, you're about to say. I was just gonna say with Louis CK specifically too he's still selling that show on his website, website yeah he's he made a movie last year with Joe list you know what I'm saying like like Louis CK is still he, yes you're right he lost the FX money but and he I, lost a lot he lost a lot of money he, in the interval like, for, you know for a mean? period of he time did suffer for it's kind of someone had a uh, 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 I guess an example of kind of what he went through. It's kind of akin to his house burned down and he's rebuilding it. Yeah. Right? Listen, right. listen, exactly. listen, Rudy, Rudy. That's yeah. exactly. Louis C.K. was doing Madison Square Garden. Yeah. After he got canceled, I saw him at fucking McCurdy's. Trust me. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, a, yeah. yeah exactly. It's yeah. a hell of a fall. He, he, like, yeah, he lost a lot. But he, he rebuilt it. He I mean, just he did Madison Square Garden again. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But that was, so. let's be clear, that was years. Yeah. Like, because in, in our minds, that stuff happens fast. Yeah. But for Louis no, C.K., that's, it, he's had years. a long, yeah. 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 you know, how many years. Yeah. And I, but that that's my point is like, yeah. As far as winning and losing go, right, when you're talking about, like, the context of the whole thing, it's like, yeah, he lost a lot. But, Mm -hmm. like, him losing a lot and me losing a lot, (laughs) not even on the same scale. (laughs) Like, Louis C.K.'s house burns down and Louis goes, well, I'll stay at a hotel. Meanwhile, my house burns down. I go, like, I guess I'll dig a ditch in the (laughs) Right? I think Louis more like I'll go stay in Malibu at my other yeah. house. <laughs> <laughs> Three but my thing is, so again, going back to this Chris Rock thing, I think my frustration also comes from uh, comedians yeah. because the other thing is, I I find that there's this there's this weird contingent, and I gotta stop I gotta stop letting this get to me so much, but there's a lot of comedians who are really 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 like corny and i'm corn i'm a corny person right but there's a lot of comedians that are like they're true losers yeah. right and 
they just hate like a lot of the comments I heard were just like, oh, so Chris Rock now we just got to hear just some rich guy complain about rich guy problems. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but when he was poor, he was talking about poor problems. Yeah. He like he hasn't changed his his experiences are changing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard people say uh, old guy yelling at the, at the what, like cloud. Yeah, at the cloud. Yeah, yeah. yeah and show. everybody keeps saying that about like these older comics. And I'm like, I'm sorry yeah. that where Chris Rock was 15 years ago, mm-hmm. he's now in a much better place. Yeah. And where you were 15 years ago, you're still in that same spot and you can't relate yeah. to where all of these people have moved on well, from. Can, can I say this about kind of, you know, my analysis of his special is I kind of, to be honest, the Chris, uh, the, the uh, Will Smith stuff was like my least favorite part of it. It was great, but it was, it, I loved everything else i think he has a bunch of really amazing observations yeah. that i'd never you know what i mean yeah so even though it, like you know people claim like whatever it's a rich guy talking this and that i got a lot out of it yeah and, and, and what i'll say before about how i give some of these guys grace that i'm not laughing every second is because these motherfuckers make me think like, like yeah. a lot of these yeah. comics like Chappelle and mm-hmm. and rock and like you know whatever they're 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 kind of like how uh, Carlin was at the end of his career, where mm-hmm. it wasn't just joke, joke, joke. It was like, it was funny, but but a lot of these observations were you just have something out of the to box. say. Well, yeah, it's right. something to say and something to contribute. Uh, I think that's what I got. Mostly and I think it. what made me kind of want to go on a rant was I listened to the I listened to the Joe Budden podcast, and they like Joe Budden just went on this like rant about how like it was so shitty, right? And in their rant, as as they're ranting about how shitty it was. He was like, oh, this, you know, this abortion bit where like women should be able to abort their baby up till four years old was like hilarious. And they were like, oh, this other thing he said was hilarious. And this other thing he said was hilarious. And I'm like, where, what has happened to where the audience has gotten to a point where like if I, if I, it's hilarious to me because we're talking about Joe Budden here, the rapper. If I listen to a Joe Budden album, there's going to be like three or four songs that I like. And the rest of it, I couldn't give a shit less about. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and it's like, since when do us as comics have to be murdering with everyone for every joke for the entire special? I'm like, look, there's some jokes that some people are going to like. There's some jokes that other people are going to like. This thing where it's like, oh, I didn't like this part, therefore it's trash. It's like, who the fuck do these... Who does the audience think they are? I I think part of what you're talking about, though, is what I personally call, like, the cycle that's been happening since time immemorial. Mm-hmm. Because, like, even if you go back, like, way back in the day, like, Rudy Ray Moore and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and, like, go back to his comedy stuff, people, when the first comedy tracks were coming out, mm-hmm. people wanted a banger on every single one, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, you know, as he developed his career and changed and stuff like that, people made the same complaints of because you can look up old newspaper articles where people are writing reviews of like later comedy albums where they're like, well, you know, he has like seven jokes on here that are hilarious, but the rest of the album is trash. And it's just like, that's just people. Is that the dude Mm -hmm. that was Dolomite? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what uh, I, 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 I. Sorry. Yeah. Well, so like one of the things that really made him <coughs> into Dolomite was the fact that like he killed it, uh, like comedically doing like albums because he mm-hmm. was kind of like the first person to really compile a lot of those jokes into huh. like an audio format. Interesting. Mm-hmm. But you know, but to the, your point, you know, there's a whole thing of like 
and this happens every society, every generation of there's a really funny dude or dudette uh, who shows up, right? And then... <laughs> uh, Brian's trying to get us canceled again. That was Rudy. Rudy. I love all women comics. Right. But there's like a really fun person that shows up and you have this cycle of everyone loves them, they're a human being, so then some fucked up shit happens, yeah. everybody kind of turns their back on them, shit goes down, then they come back and like five years or so mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. average you know if they're genuinely good mm-hmm. obviously there are some people who are like get to that mid-tier range to get the drop off and then they don't make mm-hmm. it back but like if you're like genuinely good you end up swinging back and then people love you and then they forget all the shit that happened mm-hmm. and then like three years later someone's reading through a newspaper again we go like oh didn't like Robin Williams steal a bunch of jokes and that makes its way out into like the community and people go like, ah, oh, we can't support Robin because he steals material. You know, it's the same thing over and over and over again. I, I think a lot of it too is that the people online that are, I'm not talking about like the celebrities that mm-hmm. are talking about it, just the average people. I think that not everybody watches a lot of stand up, mm-hmm. And so when somebody big like Chappelle or Rock or one of them puts out a, a an, an album mm-hmm. they're casuals you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying they're not like professional stand-up people they're just casual people you know and if they had a bad day and then sit down and watch that and they want to go on and have these long diatribes online because they're they're angry about something that chris rock said they probably went into it with a different mentality already than any of us would yeah. because we're all stand-ups mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying so I, I and and for some reason like ten percent of o- online is the loudest voice you know what I mean and ninety percent of people are are like me where I just I don't really comment on shit like I'm not you seem like a shit stirrer online Chris. oh I love it but yeah 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 but I'm it. not that guy you know what I mean so you're like you're like in the ten percent of just people that just troll the fuck out of everything uh, I will argue <laughs> with you all one of my favorite things Bro, when, is that when your shit blows up you're gonna be the guy <laughs> online who's arguing in Instagram comments. <laughs> You know, like, what do you fucking know? Probably doing a Dan Harmon where you're spending like three days arguing with the same person. Yeah, Dan was doing it on on cocaine and beer yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> so. no, I mean, it's like so. Here's my, I guess, my issue with with the comics though, yeah. is like to me there should be some sort of so. In all fairness, I do not think it is one of Chris Rock's best work. Mm-hmm. I think it is middle of the road. Right. Number one, if you go look at everything that is on Netflix in terms of the stand up comedy out specials put out by all these comics that are getting paid millions of dollars, Mm -hmm. I think it fits in the top 10 percentile. I really do. I think it's below Bill Burr's new stuff, um, but I think it's better than. Amy Schumer stuff and a bunch of like you know all of the they put out a lot of horseshit. I'd argue right? top fifteen, but top fifteen. I, I, I I'd see what you're talking about. Yeah, right. So number one, you mean to tell me this man has been this good for forty years, or well, not forty, but thirty, 35. you know, thirty something years. <laughs> yeah, right. One of the top in the world. Number two. 
the other thing that I don't think a lot of comics take into account is I'm going to rant here for a while, but, <laughs> but what happened at the Oscars happened to all of us. And I know that sounds very dramatic, right? Mm-hmm. However, there were people in the audience at smaller shows around the country that thought it would be cute to try and get on stage and start shit physically with a comedian after that. You yeah, see way more videos online yeah. of that Way shit. more that of that shit. That girl getting a beer chunked at her head. You yes. You know what I mean? Like all kinds of stuff. All that type of shit happened, mm-hmm. right? On like the biggest stage in the world type of thing, right? So now this guy who's number he's he's been one of our kings for so long and he this thing happens to him that affects all of us and now here he is making his comeback and his response and what i don't think comics realize is how delicate a situation that is mm-hmm. right I, I think also for white comics white comics really don't know yeah. and i'll tell yeah. you why he's ultimately responding he's clapping back at a black woman Mm-hmm. Chris Rock already is on very thin ice with black women, right? Because of the alopecia shit. No, well, because of <laughs> I mean, be- that help. <laughs> because that and his good hair documentary, and just people have like a weird feeling. Bro, when about- he called her GI Jane, I thought that shit was so funny, man. Like I, 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 I know you don't know the deeper. You know, if I made I know, fun, I knew, of- I knew the deeper bullshit yeah, behind if I, it. If I made fun of John Deere, you'd be like motherfucker, because that's hey, your hey, personal. Hey, like- hey. It's John Deere and then God. <laughs> yeah. So what I think that most con- why I was frustrated about comics is they were having the same shitty not thinking deeper about a reaction that the that the regular audience people were having he was on he was responding to this thing where every 90 of the people just want to hear the will smith part that's why people were sitting down to watch it so what he has to realize is all right number one do i burn some of the greatest material that i have knowing that everybody's sitting here to watch this for the last 10 minutes of this special Probably not, because I heard people talk about like how, oh, well, he should probably, she probably should have done the Will Smith stuff first to get out of the way, mm-hmm. and I'm like, clearly you don't know shit about comedy, because if you do all of the reason why people are here in the first 10 minutes, yeah. and then go into, nobody would have given a, f- people might have started walking the fuck out on him, right, yeah. I'm exaggerating, but people would not have cared, right? You have to, you have to build up to the thing. However, do you put... Like, if, let's say, because Chris Rock signed a, a $40 million deal for two specials. Mm-hmm. Do you put all of the best of your two hours on that special that you know people are really just watching for the Will Smith part? Hell no. Mm-hmm. Why would you waste that material? And a part of... People would there'll be even more of an audience. Yeah, but here's the thing. If it's killer stuff. Here's the thing. If you watch, if you watch that special twice, and I would recommend anybody to watch that special twice... Mm-hmm. Because, and I even noticed this with myself as much as I was talking shit about people. The first time you watch it, you're subconsciously just waiting for the Will Smith part. Mm. So I knew you're, it was at the end. You're like clocking what he's saying, but you're really like, all right, let's get to the yeah, Will Smith shit, right? And then every time he made one of those little hinting at a Will Smith yeah. parts, you're like, all right, here we go. Yeah. And then it doesn't come, and then you're kind of disappointed, and you're kind of half listening to the joke, and then you're waiting. I watched it three times so far. And every time I watch it, it gets better and better and better because I'm like, now I don't give a shit about the Will Smith part and I'm watching the actual material and the material's way funnier than you first give it credit for because you're like, all right, when is he going to you know, talk shit about Will Smith? Mm-hmm. I, for me, 
it's funny that you mentioned three because for me watching specials Mm -hmm. i have to do three for every special Mm -hmm. because the usually what ends up happening is the first time i watch a special through i'm just analyzing everything yeah i'm watching going like all right cool this this bit here works because Burr said this three mm-hmm. minutes prior mm-hmm. and like the placement of the mic and yada 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 and then watch it the second time it's like alright now I'm deconstructing the jokes yeah. Yeah. and then the third time through it was like oh now I get to actually enjoy this yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, what? so for me with Chris I haven't gotten to the third time around but the mm-hmm. two times I've watched it the thing I feel as far as the Will Smith bit goes so i go it's good as a closer mm-hmm. i actually would have moved it like seven minutes sooner mm-hmm. because that would be enough time because he definitely has a stronger closer than that yeah it's mm-hmm. good don't get me wrong it's good mm-hmm. but i go if you move it seven minutes earlier, mm-hmm. right, the rest of his material still flows. You still have people waiting for that. Mm-hmm. But it's just enough time that people don't go, all right, we saw the Will Smith thing. We can turn off and log off, yeah. you know, like get out of here. But it's still deep enough that you get into the majority of his material, mm-hmm. you know. So, like, for me, the special was like a – six out of ten like it's somewhere between like six and a seven Mm -hmm. you know because it's like it's good Mm -hmm. it's definitely above average Mm -hmm. for like most comedy specials Mm -hmm. but it wasn't like it wasn't it's not something where i was like oh man i can't wait to get to the third time to view this yeah yeah. but i I should also say that since i started doing comedy Mm -hmm. i've only watched one comedy special i liked Domino so, effect. Domino effect. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing I've watched, and I've watched, cool. I but I, like I've turned off specials that in the last mm-hmm. three months that came out that people were ranting and raving, raving about, and mm-hmm. I didn't even get through the first half of it. Well, What's truth be told, Jew. Oh, oh I. I sorry, here's the thing. I hate Ari Shafir as a person, yeah, so too. I won't watch anything that he does. But also, fuck Ari Shafir as a human being. A guy who I love as a podcaster, Andrew Santino. I like. I love that guy. He's very funny to me. But Cheeseburger, I didn't. I, I got through like 20 minutes of that, and I was like, I'm, I'm good. You know. And I watch open mics for yeah, almost yeah, yeah. for a living at this point. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, it was but, really good. Uh, Joe List, um, this year's material was really good. Yeah, yeah, I watched that. That's one I, but I watched that before I became a stand-up. Oh, okay. So, mm-hmm. so that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm, I literally just have my six-month anniversary. So any mm-hmm. specials that's come out in the last six months, mm-hmm. I have not been in love with. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, like I said, Domino Effect didn't even come out in that time. I just happened to, like, Preach told me about it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I'll watch it. And I love that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? but so I, maybe i'm just jaded now i don't fucking well no since so since i started doing comedy and this is like i've had people tell me that i'm an asshole for this but this is really just how i feel i try i don't watch i try to watch as little comedy as humanly possible mm-hmm. right and i don't if it's not chris rock dave Chappelle, eddie griffin um patrice o'neill um bill burr louis ck like if it's not that tier, mm-hmm. I try not to consume it at all because I don't want, for example, Those right? Influences. Yes. Yeah. So, like, if I watch, if if I watch, and I don't want to say one that I haven't seen because then that's me just talking about I hate this person. But let's say 
and I actually I watched Kevin Hart's earlier stuff, yeah. but like let's say the the one that he did at his house, yeah, no yeah. fucks given. Yeah. I watched it once, and I watched never watched again, because if I watch that and I go okay, so Chris Rock is a rich, famous, super successful comic, and this is what he does, then subconsciously in your mind, that level of material is okay. Because that's working for Chris Rock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Chris Rock, Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart yeah. If you're watching anything that Amy Schumer has ever done in her entire career, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, man, you can be rich and famous being at this level of skill. You can be rich and famous doing Kurt Metzger's bits. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So no, that's very real. Have you seen the compilations of Amy <laughs> yeah. Schumer and then the comic who originally did the bit next to it? Yep. It's, it's nuts. It's bit after bit after bit yeah. just blatantly taken. But to watch that, that now becomes, to me, like a part of what you think. Like, dude, Netflix is doing these little ones where, like, um, like, like they're these compilation ones. Brian where Simpson. Yeah, so Bryant Simpson I watched because my dad turned me on to that. It was amazing. Ooh, so I, it was I don't amazing. know if I watched that before or after stand-up, but I really like that one. Yeah, that one, <laughs> that no, that one was amazing, good. right? Yeah. But a lot of these little compilation ones Netflix are putting out, they're fucking trash. Yeah. Like, Bryant... Brian, stands alone mm-hmm. amongst a bunch of horrible yeah. little sets yeah. like yeah. horrible so i don't watch any of that stuff because i don't want to i don't want i i, I swear again it sounds so douchey but as far as i'm concerned my talent level is chris rock dave Chappelle, patrice o'neill that's like i'm just new mm-hmm. but in terms of what i'm capable of that's that's who my peers are in my brain mm-hmm. Because if I make them my peers in my brain, yeah. I will always continue to get better chasing what they do sure. rather than being like, oh, well, I'm as good as this guy that yeah. did this 15-minute special on Netflix, so I'm fine. There, there's something Brian said earlier that kind of uh, what you're talking about now that kind of reminds me of like what I consider to be like successful comedy mm-hmm. of like I want to get so big to the point that like some nobody – on a podcast like <laughs> is talking shit about me you know what i mean like they, they have to use me to create their own content yeah, you yeah. Know? that's right that's right that's very true well, well i i should also say I'm, I'm probably about to lose my one quarter black card that you guys <laughs> dubbed me at the beginning of the episode but i've never watched a kevin hart special really i've never seen kevin hart do stand-up Really? Never. Let me tell you something. Well, no, don't do that, Rudy. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Back to my comedians being like having some loyalty to the craft, right? Mm -hmm. Kevin Hart has my thing about this comedy as an industry. Mm -hmm. To me, comedy as an industry is always about 10 years behind the music industry, Mm -hmm. right? And what Kevin Hart has done in the last decade is push the industry of comedy forward a decade. I mean, he the, the concept of ownership mm-hmm. and you starting your own production company so that you are recording your own specials and putting out your specials and partnering with streaming platforms rather than just waiting on HBO or somebody else to give you something. Yeah. Starting your own network, starting an app that you're not like. The, the stuff that Kevin Hart has brought to the table for comedians, regardless of how you feel about him on stage, mm-hmm. is Rev- like he will always be one of the greats for how he revolutionized the game of comedy, yeah. mm-hmm. right? And I think his first couple of specials are yeah, really he, funny. He has okay. some good shit. I, yeah, I, the the uh, uh, I think every I think seriously funny was great. 
That yeah. was really good. I mean, that, that's kind of what blew him up. But okay. I think that was that's a lot of. I'm, I'm down to. It's not. Uh, it's not like I hate Kevin Hart, yeah. and I've been like, "Fuck that guy." He's just, just black, so you're not interested. Yeah, yeah that's what it is. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, if, if he looked more like Shane Gillis, then yeah, <laughs> yeah. no. He had like a uh, a Shaq, one of those Shaq comedy shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what There's, blew him up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he did a he did a seven minute bit about him and his son being at the zoo and be, being chased by an ostrich. Yeah. That was one of the funniest shit I'd ever seen yeah. from him. So, I'm, I mean, I, he, he yeah. has a lot of good shit. Again, I'm, I'm down to watch it. It's just, yeah. uh, for some reason, he just never crossed. Like, I think I just missed it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and then I just never got on board. Yeah. Like, because, I mean, obviously I've seen, like, movies he's been in and stuff yeah. like that. Brian's but. like, uh, every time I see a black face, I just got to turn it off. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, I was like, they shrank Dave Chappelle. <laughs> Brian. Honey, honey, we shrunk Dave I thought they, yeah, they all look alike, you know? <laughs> Brian is so racist that he saw Ari Shafir's Jew and hasn't seen a single Kevin Hart special. Like, <laughs> To be you, fair, I only watched about 15 minutes. Sorry, <laughs> and I was like, "This is too Jewy." <laughs> I'm just kidding. You yeah. have to be David Duke levels of racist <laughs> exactly, exactly. to have seen Ari Shafir, but not da- but not uh, Kevin Hart. Yeah, I, I will. Uh, you know, I did watch uh, Ari Shafir's Jew at work, mm-hmm. uh, like couple months ago. That's really I brave look, for a man named Rafik. I, I don't, yeah, I mean, I look, look, I get it. Ari and I would not be, like, we would not sit across a table like, he could be okay. You, but, like, you'd be Palestine, he'd be Israel? Yeah, like, I'd be lucky to be Palestine in that, you know? Like, be like one of those like a Mennonites like, <laughs> like one of those like Ari's just sitting there being like can we just wipe him off the face of the uh, oh really quick I keep because I keep we're running out of time because you guys have a hard out yes right? we do um the, Hard on. Right. Yeah, yeah no, Rudy has. Just, just, do, do, bring it, it back. do it, Rudy, so that they can hear it. Well, you said you have a hard out, and I have a hard on. So, yeah. you know. And these are the people me, me critiquing too, Chris Rock's stand up special. Do you understand? But, but even like something like. So, this special, the other thing that I don't think people are taking into account is this is the first live recorded comedy special yeah. that's ever been done before. Yeah. So I mean, this, Louis C.K. did that thing where he streamed his live, yeah. like a month ago. Yeah, but yeah, but nobody is, gives a fuck about what Louis C.K. Yeah. doing. But th- right now. this is the first We're one that about, a streaming platform did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my thing is, is again, just just comics having some sort of loyalty to the craft and what we do for sure. Net for the the first time, Netflix is doing a live anything. They came to one of us, mm-hmm. and out of all of us, there's only three or four guys they could go to that are big enough to grant this type of thing right and chris rock is like one of the four you know i I really enjoyed the live aspect of it yeah watching him stumble a little bit and pick pick himself up and And, i love that and what people don't realize even again the the casual listener Mm -hmm. when he messed up that joke Mm -hmm. he he stepped far enough away from the punchline yeah so that when he came back around to it, yeah. it still hit as a joke. Yeah. The average person doesn't understand how yeah. brilliant that was. Yep. That live, in real time, he fucked up the punchline yeah. and didn't just stumble over it and just say it again to where it wouldn't have worked. He le- he misled the audience on a longer tangent yeah. so that he could bring the joke back around 
and hit it right. Yeah, exactly. And deflected enough like, so that the joke actually still hit. Yeah. People don't understand like the level of professionalism and skill that people at that level. Yeah. That's something that I love. The only thing that I worry about though as mm-hmm. far as like comedy in general is concerned is mm-hmm. like so you can get smack live. No. <laughs> I mean like got to put them in this place. <laughs> no. Um is that like once we kind of establish that we can get the big names live, mm-hmm. right? Oh yeah, you can have Dave Chappelle live. You can have like I I don't know if it's just me, but there's always that portion that goes like, all right, what happens when people at home start going, well, why would I go out to the improv when I could just go to Netflix? But I don't think see, I don't think that's what's happening. I think what I, I, my theory. Right, because because I think a stand-up special live kind of doesn't really make sense because the way you do a special is you do it multiple times with the same clothes on so they can cut the best of everything mm-hmm. and they put together a special, mm-hmm. right? But I think what was happening was I think Netflix is going to get into live television, and how do you? What is the lowest risk show you can produce yep. and still <clears throat> test? however many millions of people watching something. Yeah. It's one guy with a microphone on a stage. Because if you watch the special, we, we covered this last time on the on the podcast, he has some papers yeah. stapled, like, yeah. clipped to the back of his pants. And what I think that was, was instructions for if something technical, like, technical fell apart. Oh, okay. I think that's what that, because what else could that have possibly have been? I thought it was bullets. I mean, yeah. Maybe, maybe. I also noticed that he was wearing like inch and a half lifts. Y'all notice that? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, dang, that's some big shoes. <laughs> but I mean, we're watching, and again, not one of his best works, right? But we're watching one of the best to ever do this craft mm-hmm. in probably the single most high pressure situation that any stand up comedian in the history of stand up comedy has ever been in. Yep. Watch him do an hour perfect, mess up one joke, and have the skill set to be able to reset that same joke in real time live for us to watch him do it. Yeah. Which, again, is great. I'm not. And I'm, some open micer from <laughs> Orlando, Florida is like, nah, I don't really like the way that he yeah. put. Go fuck yeah. yourself. No, I'm not, like, I'm, no one's, at, at least nobody in this room is arguing against that. What I'm. There's what some guy who just bombed at Grumpy's. Yeah. Exactly. Who's just like, ah, I, I, when you, you know, said some open micer, I was like, oh shit. And then <laughs> from Orlando, I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> like, whoo. <laughs> no, I just, I see comics that I know. That bomb consistently. Mm-hmm. That that think they they, they want to do these think pieces and they think they're so fucking clever. And it's like you guys are the biggest losers. And you care so little about the craft yeah. of it that you don't understand how big a moment this is for comedy. Mm-hmm. Forget how good the special was. Yeah. Right. Netflix needed. Netflix went. How do we test? 15 million people watching something live and make sure our system works. Mm -hmm. I know we'll get Chris Rock. That's incredible just that somebody from this art form has that level of audience and clout and pull. It's Chris Rock, but under these circumstances. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. One's waiting for him to absolutely speak on a certain thing. Right. Um, Yeah. But But they knew what they were doing. They capitalized the right way. Yeah. Exactly. They knew they would get eyes on it. And then the other thing, people keep making this thing about like 
oh, he, you know, he took so long to respond. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he got a check for forty million dollars yeah. yeah. by keeping his mouth shut. Yeah. So I'm, it's like I don't under, the, these comics. I don't know where it's they get this shit from. Well, yeah. yeah Again, you're talking about like a the whole again, I don't want to say generation, but you're talking about like a whole class of people mm-hmm. who are like clout chasing, yeah. doing it poorly, yeah. and, and like making clips. Right, you know what I mean? Like so you're you're looking at a group of people who are making clips going like, I would have had clips out the next day. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, yeah, that's the reason why you don't get forty million dollars. Yeah. You know? Do you think Eddie Murphy is sitting at home watching Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle make forty million dollars and go, These motherfuckers <laughs> you know, like you know a what? guy who's like All right, you been know doing it longer than that. You know what is like weird for me to say at the ending of our podcast, because this is a long conversation. I think Eddie Murphy's at home terrified. Yeah, that's why he doesn't do stand-up comedy. I yeah. think he's terrified. Yeah, and I think because and f- for the same for this for this reason, and again, this is the this is the last piece of why I hate the way these comics talk about Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle. These guys, if you go back and watch Bigger and Blacker mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Bring, Bring the, the Pain, pain. right? Mm-hmm. Sit, watch it, and watch it from the piece perspective of how would this material go over today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how would people respond to this today? Go back and watch Eddie Murphy's Delirious and Raw with the perspective of mm-hmm. how would this material go over today? Not the same. How would this land today? Yeah. And what we're watching with these these huge comics that these, again, these fucking losers are like, oh, these rich old men and they're just out of touch and blah, 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 blah. We're watching in real time during their careers the entire landscape changed underneath them. Mm-hmm. And we're watching them tiptoe trying to figure out how they continue to do what they've always done in a completely new environment. We're watching them learn to walk again. Yeah. Like this whole special, like real quick, but this whole special, I'm watching this special. And what I will say about it that where it does leave something to be desired, as a comic, I'm watching chris rock's punchlines, and in my head i'm going oh old chris rock would have said this yeah and it would have hit hard and that's what i think and I, then next I, joke old chris rock would have said that uh, and that would have hit hard you can see where they're pulling back that's what right. i'm saying i think that's like you know i'm not so good at you know i guess describing it but i think yeah. that's what the line is for me is mm-hmm. like i feel like he didn't push it hard enough you know what i mean mm-hmm. like he 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 tiptoed, yeah. you know, instead of taking confident strides. But the thing is, is that's the audience doing that to I them. Know. And we're watching in real time as these greats are figuring out, okay, yeah. what can I do and still survive? Right. But, and, but this, at least for me, goes back to what I was talking about before of the cycle. It was because, mm-hmm. like, that has happened before. Yeah. We just don't recognize it because, you know, like, when you're watching uh, – Carlin mm-hmm. go from doing the hippy dippy weatherman to what he was doing later on in yeah. his career. For Carlin, that was a massive change because mm-hmm. the landscape had changed. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. so when you're looking back and forth through all these comics and things like that, people always go like, "Oh man, you know, how are these guys going to manage the world going forward?" And it's like, like every comic before them. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to take a moment, look, you know, when you're talking about Eddie Murphy, it's like mm-hmm. Eddie Murphy has hit a point where it's like the major, like all of his money is just from movies now, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Eddie Murphy has to make a 
legitimate decision. Do I want to go back to being the Eddie Murphy I was before Mm -hmm. and potentially risk all that money? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, has the landscape changed to the point where it's like that Eddie Murphy is not commercially viable? Mm -hmm. You know? And that's not a bad thing, but, like, every generation and every comic... You know, and every art form in general, but like every comic has to ask that question of themselves. You know, like at mm-hmm. at what point in time, you know, or else you end up like those guys who are doing the circuit where it's like you wrote this joke in 1979. <laughs> <laughs> but, but also, he has figured out a way to, you know, like he was just in that Netflix Jonah Hill movie. He probably made ten or twelve million dollars for yeah. doing that movie. Mm-hmm. You know, so he was able to go out and make ten or twelve or fifteen, however much money he made million dollars for doing a movie in like three months yeah. where like it's easy to say like yeah chris or chris rock got a 40 million dollar deal but that's years two that's years, years worth of work yeah years of, of time yeah. you know and but you're also not fact well i mean yeah but you're also not factoring the touring so by the time you add the 40 million plus okay, the touring but i'm i'm only no. talking about the the payoff at the end yeah mm-hmm. you know chris chris rock is getting the payoff for him is yeah he made a few million dollars making that but the payoff at the end is he gets to take all of this information, this this material that he compiled over two years, mm-hmm. and 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 that's the value of it. Forty yeah. million. Uh, Eddie Murphy is the value of him is three months worth of his time is worth whatever Netflix paid him, probably yeah. ten or twelve million dollars for mm-hmm. that movie. Where so like he could potentially, if he just decided to work for a full year and make four Netflix movies, he could probably make forty million dollars too in mm-hmm. one year mm-hmm. versus three, four years, however, two years for Chris Rock. Mm-hmm. So I think I like I think that there's a I think he's figured out a way to stay relevant without having to pivot back like you were saying. You know? But I also I don't know, man, because I think I guess the reason why I feel like we should we should give more respect is also I also think stand up comedy doesn't get the respect it deserves. Mm-hmm. And no, I think that the, the way that it gets more respect is if we give it more respect. Yeah. So then we start there. You know what I mean? It starts with us. And to me, I think what we're watching is we're watching these guys on the cutting edge of figuring out what does this look like for the next decade? Mm-hmm. Like, because my thing is, I'm sorry, the way that people, the way that people are now, and I, I've yet to see it. Maybe there's some brilliant person out there doing it and I just haven't seen it. Or, or maybe I'm just... I'm I'm the tail end of that style of comic and I came in at the wrong time. Who knows? But you watch go back and watch Bigger and Blacker. How with the sensitivity of the audience now do you do anything that funny? Hmm. I mean when you go watch those old specials, when you go watch old Bernie Mac, I don't give a shit who you think you are. <laughs> With the with the delicacy that we have to have on stage of all right, don't say this, mm-hmm. say this this way, mm-hmm. don't say it that way. The punchline has to be this, and you can't kind of do that. I don't see how you get that same people falling out of their chairs that you get then. And people and people say you can. Man, I don't see it. I don't see it. I mean, I see com. I mean, again, even even like the people that we love, like like take Cam for example, mm-hmm. right? Cam's not going to be able like Cam gets famous famous. He's going to have to switch some of that shit up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's so my question becomes, all right, how do we approach this as as, as a community of comedians, mm-hmm. right? My thing and it's the only way that I see myself being able to do this at the level that I want to and do it the way I want to do it. 
I'm going to be plowing forward. <laughs> and if that means that <laughs> yeah. I cut off a lot of opportunities for myself and I'm only able to do the road and that sort of thing, and maybe I'm not ever, you know, in movies or some shit like that, it is what it is. Because yeah. I think what's going to happen, which is sort of what happened with Louis C.K. and Anthony Jeselnik, actually, because, like, you don't see Anthony Jeselnik in movies. You don't see him as a famous whatever. He had that one TV show, The Jeselnik Offensive. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. Was yeah. It. Years ago. But Years ago, yeah. he is somebody that he just, he said, fuck yeah. it, and he has just plowed through t- Daniel Tosh. You know what I mean? Well, he's a tough one because he still does Tosh point out. Yeah. <laughs> he is just somebody who said, you know what? I'm going to plow through. He he is to Comedy Central what Rob Deerdick is to MTV. Yeah, to me, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just over just over those over. two shows yeah. running both of those networks. We should, we should get – all right, that's a great skit. If we could get Rudy – and um, um, Matt Glidden, uh, Robin Bates, to do like we have to do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, I mean, I think the answer to that is authenticity. I think you being who you are and not really kowtowing to what anyone else says—that's what people ultimately respect in the long run. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, a guy I can think of as Patrice. Patrice is always mm-hmm. like that. He never because even. Things weren't kind of how they are now then, but mm-hmm. it was starting to. Yeah, starting. He always fought against it, and he remained true to himself. I mean, he, he yeah. gets the ultimate respect for that. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what So, I mean, I think, so. yeah. But I will say this, too. Yeah. About comics, right? Comics saying stuff like, you know, they're, they're trying to break down the special, and they're like, oh, he shouldn't have said this, shouldn't have said that. He's said this about whoever in the past, and he did this, he did that. I think in gen- for all, most comics, right, like the the Chappelle thing, the, uh, when when Chappelle was talking about the guy from Seinfeld that said the N word a bunch of times, right? Mm-hmm. He was yeah. like, yeah. he was like, oh, I th- you know, he thought as of a com, he thought as a comic first. Mm-hmm. He was like, oh he's yeah, a bad whatever. Set, right? <laughs> and the bad. I think for all of us, generally, what defines a comic is whatever the person's talking about. We look at the joke first, and so we go like, oh, this is funny. This is funny. To go a step ahead and go, oh, the societal implications of blah blah blah. I don't know. I feel like that's the second part of it. You know what I mean? That's not what yeah. you look at. And so, I to me, it's like if you, if you can't, um, like, like if, if you, if you analyze, like, like, like I, I kind of look at you as less of a comic, basically. Yeah, absolutely, you know what absolutely. I mean? You're not, absolutely. Really, and I don't think you're gonna really last. Yeah, uh, that the, way. there are like two forms though of like comedy in in like a broad scope because like you meet some comics where it's like. Why, yes, I broke down my material into, like, a nine-segment storyboard uh, and then have all these underlying sub-aspects so the audience can really get into who I am as a person. And then you look at other comics and it's like, so do you do any of that? It's like, oh, no. I I have no thoughts on stage. That first one is called autism. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I legit met a comic like this past week who did the nine like storyboard thing, and that that was one of those like holy shit, dude! Like, (laughs) I have this where we'll have to talk about this another episode. But I have this whole thing where I'm working on uh, graphing my sets, um, which so autism, yeah, yeah, that's (laughs) autism. (laughs) All right. (laughs) So really quickly, um, does anybody have anything to plug? Got some shit. All right. Dinner with Rudy tonight. Hey, uh, oh, so that's, that's right. why you blew me off. <laughs> I'm, I'm hosting Rooney's tomorrow night. Uh, then 
Uh, we're doing the Brevard Takeover of the Savoy in Orlando uh, on March mm. 21st. And then March 23rd, I'm at the boardroom in Cocoa Beach. Awesome. I wonder, I got to talk to Mark Andrews and why he hates me now that I'm not no on the board. It's because he doesn't like black people. <laughs> yeah, I figured. <laughs> Which is funny because he worships Jesus so hard. You know? <laughs> he loves you. Just so yeah. yeah, if you said, hey, can I get on uh, the boardroom? Yeah, you, no, you would be like anyone that you wanted. He'd <laughs> <laughs> be like, kick Rudy off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I guess this week I've... Uh, I shouldn't tell people because it's called Don't Tell. But oh, yeah, don't. Don't tell. So, yeah. Ah, yes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah don't, don't, don't tell. Well, you can't tell the location is what you're oh, okay. to say. Okay, yeah. yeah. I'm doing yeah. a Don't Tell. Congrats, dude. Yeah. So, and nothing for the rest of the year. Oh, oh. <laughs> He's retiring. <Yeah. laughs> Going out on a high. Yeah. <laughs> um, for me, I've got April 1st, I'm doing a show at Rooney's. Uh, oh. Then April 4th, I'm doing a show at Sisters. Uh, and then Sisters, April- what's that? Uh, that is, give me one second. Uh, that that's a uh, salty sisters. Is that Michelle key? Uh, no, it's like Duncan putting oh. it together. Oh, okay. Um, but it's in Cocoa beach, Florida. Uh, and then the, are you one of the salty sisters? <laughs> I mean, with tits like these. Is <laughs> so it just you and Duncan and dragon? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, got to get it in before DeSantis bans us. <laughs> and then on the 20th, I'm doing Lizette's uh, oh, okay. Cajun Bistro. Very cool. And then quick reminder, um, the 15th is the last day to submit for the Laughing Skull Factor. Oh, the Laughing Skull Factor. The Laughing Skull Festival. And um, well, it's not the last day. It's when the price bumps up. And then also same thing for the South Carolina Festival. I just like to share that because it's hard to find that info. Um, also, uh, tomorrow I'll be at Pineapples because um, I have people that want to come out to Pineapples. So me and my wife will be at Pineapples. I guess I should reach out to Jimmy, but he always lets me go. Up, so. Yeah. Um, I, I guess I shouldn't call him out for that because <laughs> other comments will be like, on the podcast, Chris said. <laughs> um, I have Milk District on the 16th. And then I will be in Panama City for the 24th and the 25th. And then Saturday, April 1st, April Fool's Day, is the Eustis Florida Comedy and Music Festival. I'll be on that. Um, so that'll be a interesting. It's like a outdoor festival. I have to do like 15, 20 minutes clean. Wow. Like for kids and families and is everybody. Like a rodeo or something? No. <laughs> Um, so it's that'll be interesting. And I actually, I just booked a show, um, just really quickly because you guys got to get out of here. We got to close. Um, well, he has to get out. Of here. Yeah. yeah. So, so well, he. <laughs> but um, I'm doing this show on a on a on a train. Oh. That yeah. that train gig. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to be doing uh, that. Uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, are you talking about the one in New York, or are you talking? No, about no, no. no. Oh. It's um. What, what are you looking at? The guy who was here. The oh. Paul. Paul. Paul, Paul just, yeah, 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 yeah. Paul, yeah. Thank I was you, like, what are you? you? I could never, yeah. <laughs> I like that you were like, guy with the hair, and then we figured no, out who you're talking about. I was thinking about. bandana. <laughs> was, I was thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul Jensen, same one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm doing that show. It's such a weird, so it's, it's PG-13 material-wise, mm-hmm. right? And it's a 30-minute train ride to whatever the thing is. PG-13 for 30 minutes in front of kids. And then a different PG-13 30 minutes on the way back. Mm. So you right? get paid twice? 
I could pay four times because it's two shows. Oh, that's so it's man. yeah. So it's like fifteen. It's no. So it's thirty minutes there, thirty minutes back with one set of people at like three p.m. Mm-hmm. and then six p.m. It's thirty minutes there, thirty minutes back with a different set of people. So you get paid for four shows. Wow. They're all yeah. PG thirteen. Yeah, all PG thirteen. Oh. Um, so I have to have to make sure I could do an hour PG thirteen essentially. Yeah, that's which I mean. Fun as fuck. It's difficult. It'll be difficult, because yeah. <laughs> um, what I'm gonna do is because I've, I mean I've done like those um what do you call them like homeowners association shows mm. where I've done like 50 minutes in front of kids. That's the 50 minutes is the longest I've ever done in front of like kids with families and stuff. So what I'm gonna do is over the next month because it's April. Um, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm not doing it until like in September. Oh, okay. So I have a long period of time to practice so when you see me at mics you're going to start to see me go out doing clean material to make sure that i put together a solid clean hour which would be great for my career anyway because we talked about this yeah for sure especially once you have that solid clean hour that's a great segue into getting to like the cruise ships yes absolutely yeah Yeah, because once you have a clean hour then and then then you know you have a dirty hour so Mm -hmm. then you can really start doing more stuff All right, so thank you guys so much. Hopefully this sounds better this time. I can't wait to go back and listen to it and hear if you guys are still talking shit about our sound. Uh, This is the Funny Style Podcast. Thanks for listening.